And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Bob Left Sets Podcast. My guests today are Ursus Magana and Raf Luzi of 25-7 Media. Gentlemen, what is 25-7 Media? Coolest place to work, man. <laughs> okay, just so people can distinguish the voices, this is Raf. Hello, guys. Um, 25-7 Media is a, a company that's entranced in digital and internet culture. We work with influencers, musicians, and... Uh, we try to create different moments on the internet that now are starting to spill over in real life. And people like Bob and people in the music industry have taken kind of uh, interest too. Versus something to add to that? <laughs> I'll second all that and I'll say it again. It's the coolest place to work. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, best friends just uh, really believed in each other and believed in the internet. Well, how long have you guys known each other? Um, we've known each other for about five, six years now. Um, and then the other founder, uh, Andrew, I've known him for 12 years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a trio, but right now it's just me and Raf. Okay. You guys are experts on social media. Let's talk generally. What do people not understand about social media that you guys know? Um, I think people are trying to overcomplicate it. Um, there's kind of three different people that don't get it. It's either, uh, unfortunately an ageism thing. Um, there's people that don't think it's a tool that they can use. They think it's only for celebrities or for people that have a Nick, um, on it. And then thirdly, it's uh, businesses that aren't really implementing it correctly, but 
in reality, every generation has a tool or a way to connect with people. And this is the best way to connect with people at the moment. And so with that being said, we uh, constantly look for new ways to make sure that whether it's an artist or a creator finds the newest way to connect with people so that they can interact and obviously eventually monetize. Okay, let's go through the varying social media platforms. Snapchat, to what degree does that mean anything in terms of business? I mean, I'm sure that they're looking at that billion and they might have, you know, they might have wanted to to take it. But um, Snapchat is actually very underrated right now. It's very underrated. And uh, we actually have experimented a lot with it. I'll let Raf talk about it in a little bit. But the way that I see a social media platform when it's dying is people tend to think like, oh, you know, it's no longer there. Da da da. Like, let's move away. Let's move the ad dollars away. But until that platform is completely dead, um, there's a lack of competition. And so what that means is that when there's a lack of competition and the lack of content, the platforms will actually pay more dollars for you to have high quality, engaging content there. So there's kids that are making a killing on Snapchat. They're making $100,000 a month on Snapchat because Snapchat has a functionality that allows you to pay uh, creators through a lottery system when they gain a certain amount of views. So the less competition there is there, the people that are crushing it on Snapchat are actually making a ton. And Snapchat is actually a little bit more intimate than your normal uh, platforms because it feels like you're actually texting someone. It feels like you have someone's number. And it's a little bit more intimate. And Gen Z is actually very, very into Snapchat, more than millennials, because millennials want to show you their beautiful feed and their beautiful life. That isn't really true. But Gen Z wants to connect with people on a one-to-one level, and Snapchat provides that for them. But you want to talk a little bit about some experiments we've done with Snapchat? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Snapchat is... uh it's more an authenticity tool. So every platform has its own thing. Instagram is a resume. So you have to treat your Instagram like a resume. Snapchat is about authenticity. Uh, TikTok is about um, a lo- short form videos that were supposed to be on YouTube, but you're doing trailer videos on TikTok to then hopefully take them to YouTube. And then YouTube to this day is still the holy grail out of Really? Um, all social media, yes. Absolutely. Uh, that's where you find music. That's where you find long-form content. That's where you find short-form content. Uh, it's just YouTube was so late at uh, creating the playlist and the user-generated experience that Spotify and Apple did. That's why it didn't overtake in music as well. But until someone is able to kill off a YouTube and their long-form, um, their long-form uh, video, which Spotify tried to do, they just didn't execute at a high level. YouTube is still the king of all media. That's where you want to drive all your traffic. Okay, let's get back to YouTube. Twitter and Threads, Twitter X, mm-hmm. they mean anything in your world? Absolutely. They, uh, well, Threads, unfortunately, um, it doesn't. But I, I think, uh, like, what was the statistic they, they released the other day? Like 82% or something of the people that created a Threads account are no longer using it. Uh, it's dropping off even more. Um, I think the point of Threads was just for Instagram to show the world that, like, hey, if we launch a product, people are going to sign up. Um, I think that that to me, that's what the statement was. But no, X is still very relevant. Um, again, it's a X. It, it's it's a hybrid between um, Snapchat and Instagram, where people want to express their authentic opinions. Uh, it's more of a texting like texting posts, um, and also the discoverability on video is becoming a priority for X. 
So discoverability for video, eventually, I think it'll move a little bit more into live streaming as we saw what they did with FIFA. Um, but it, it's a different type of audience. I think right now, uh, some platforms are separating not only for um, usability, but also for audience. So, you know, if you're on X, you don't mind, you know, a controversial take here or there. Um, you don't mind, um, you know, some of the things that are not necessarily uh, shown on, on other other platforms. Okay, but conventional wisdom, and I'm talking to the experts, that's why I want to know the mm -hmm. truth is, younger generation is not participating on X. Is that just untrue? No, that's untrue. A lot, a, Gen Z is participating on X because the memes are just really, really the, bad. They're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. participating, but they're not spending time on it. Yeah, they're not spending time. So they're on reading yeah. headlines on X, or they're creating headlines, which then they can use on other platforms. So all the all the platforms where there's video is pushed insanely, um, like Instagram and, uh, and YouTube and TikTok, that's where uh, the younger generation is spending their most time. That's where they're spending the most time but discovering. The yeah, correct. Yeah. But the headlines are created at X. Yeah. Well, just to be clear, that's where you're harvesting things as opposed to starting things. You're no, you're discovering things on the video platforms because the video platforms have the most discovery reach right now. Okay. Um, all platforms, including X, they're all adopting video more and more because watch time is king. So not views anymore. Um, a lot of people, you know, probably five years ago, views uh, mattered a lot. Subscribers mattered a lot. Followers and subscribers and views don't matter as much today. Today, what matters is the watch time, how much you can actually have someone watch a video and spend time on your platform. That's what matters the most. The platforms don't necessarily care about people's feelings or, or the way that the algorithm is, is working. They just want to optimize their platform. They want to optimize the algorithm and show you content that's going to keep you there as long as possible. And X's video has not gotten to that level where Correct. people are sitting there and consuming video on X. They are consuming, though, the, the, the title. The title the of the titles, video. The memes, the articles, yeah. Okay, you know, that's a word we've heard for over a decade not everyone is sophisticated. They might ask, what is a meme? Can you tell us? <laughs> no, I mean, well, you know, let's say the, the let's say the meme has blood, has nudity, has uh, something that is against the guidelines on the traditional platforms. Um, you're going to find the worst memes in the in the planet hilariously on X, you know, um, so you, you're, that's where you're going to find that. And um, also Gen Z loves the edginess about it. You know, they they love how edgy it is, how they can share something with no repercussions. If you say a curse word or two on the other platforms, you are going to get dinged and censored. Um, and so I think that's what Gen Z loves about X, but it's not for everybody. I, it's, it's so weird. I feel like millennials uh, feel like it's not for them, but Gen Z and late millennials, especially political millennials are on X, you know? Um, so, and, yeah. and then a meme is just uh, the inside jokes that you have with your friends, mm -hmm. but made into a, a public joke that other people can consume and understand. Another way that I like to explain memes is that they're hieroglyphs. If you think about the Egyptians, right? Like you go you go to Egypt and there's a bunch of hieroglyphs on the wall. They're images, but each image represents like a huge story. And, and that's what a meme is. It's basically an image that you can attach to a, a headline and it's an inside joke, whether it's from a movie, whether it's from something that you and your friends were discussing or something in pop culture. And that's the thing about Gen Z is they're not afraid to say what's on their mind and then Obviously, as we all know, especially if you're in, in the in, in in the entertainment world, if if you say something that's on your mind, there's probably a million people thinking it too. Um, so I think that that's what's that's what's attracts you know the meme world and the and the fried memes to to Gen Z. Okay, to what degree is Facebook important, 
Or is that just boomers and Gen Xers? It's boomers in the United States, but Facebook is really important in Mexico, in Europe, and in other third world countries because Facebook is beta for what uh, China is currently now with WeChat. Um, And so uh, Facebook is incorporated more into a lot of different apps and utilities and games and video games um, that people use. Facebook groups are also very, very popular in, in Mexico and in Latin America. They're used almost to the popularity of Reddit threads here in the United States. And Reddit is a cornucopia of information. Does that figure in your world? Uh, it, it, <laughs> it is. It is. Reddit, Reddit is basically uh, Twitter on steroids. On steroids, yeah. uh, If it works on Reddit, then it will take the world by storm. Yeah. Uh, those people spend a lot of time on the internet mm-hmm. and it's a lot of people that have a lot of pool on the internet. So they, 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 they start the joke or the meme on Reddit and then they use every other platform to spread it. Okay. You talk about Facebook being like WeChat. WeChat is a super platform with payment and everything. This is what uh, Elon Musk's vision was with PayPal and they squeezed him out and it is still his vision at X. Do you think Facebook has a chance to be that super app? I think that Facebook is already 10 years ahead of that um, more than X, but I don't think that I don't doubt that Elon can do it as well. Um, Facebook is already 50% there. I mean, Facebook has your age. It, it could store your payment settings. If you've seen the shop function on Instagram, Instagram is meta. And if you've bought anything through the Instagram function, you are you've already made a transaction. If you submitted your information to get a bonus when the reels came out, you're already in there, right? Um, now, we may not be using Facebook, like I said, like other countries, but um, there are apps that are enabled through Facebook. There are groups that are enabled through Facebook, Mar- Facebook Marketplace. These things that are connecting us, if you think about a group, a Facebook group that connects you, if you think about Marketplace to compete with Craigslist, they're already 50% there. Uh, they just need, uh, what they don't have right now is they don't have the hardware. Yep. Um, That's what I was going to tell exactly. you. Like they, 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 they've tried, they just can't get the hardware exactly. right. And I don't think they will. It doesn't seem well, like. Well, let's snap our fingers and they get the hardware right. Okay. What would the hardware be? What would that look like? It's an AR, it's an, it's an AR tool. It should have been this. Yeah, it should have been the phone. <laughs> I think it's too late for the phone. I think it's too late for the phone for everybody. Um, but the if it gets integrated, it's going to be an AR tool. Um, prob- Augmented reality. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, well, it's, yes. So like right now, the cost for, uh, you know, the hardware, if you want to dabble into the metaverse or into AR, the hardware cost uh, for you to even experiment is going to run you anywhere from, you know, 500 to maybe $1,400. You're talking about a headset here. Yes. And so in a world where um, you get the headset for uh, $50, well, you're going to get that headset for $50 because it's going to come integrated with a bunch of tools that you are going to be using for your everyday life. Um, And so that's the way that they get the hardware to be adopted by, you know, essentially the masses. Okay. Will we eventually get there or is it going to stall out? Um. That that's something that we ask ourselves every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's the tough that's the tough question. I mean, we, we had a chance to get there quicker with COVID, uh, just because mm-hmm. people were inside, they had nothing to do, and then the moment the world opened up, it almost people just threw away a lot of those habits, right? Uh, so 
Yeah, I don't think we're going to get there. I don't I don't think we're getting there my lifetime. Yeah. Okay, just to be clear, when we had Pokemon Augmented Reality, that was missed like the first video game leading into something, or it was just basic and anomaly and means nothing? No, people are still obsessed with Pokemon Go. My my brother-in-law plays plays that every single day. Um, I there there will be pockets and there will be hobbyists and there will be uh, early adopters. Um, the same way that for the last five years people have been playing with with VR headsets. Um, but I'm talking, you know, when to answer the question, when does Facebook actually turn into a competing WeChat? I think that Facebook is ten years ahead of X. However, um, if X focuses on that, I don't doubt that they'll figure out a way. Um, however, I don't think that we do that with phones. The only way to do that is if you have a better product than the iPhone. Okay, just moving on through the platforms. Instagram, Instagram had its moment for about 10 years. It became the platform of those who were image-based. Then they said they were going to go to video. They have Reels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reels is a competing product with TikTok. Mm-hmm. How do you assess what's going on at Instagram? Love Reels, man. Uh, no, I mean yeah. the 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 what they did initially is they put it on the main feed and people got really upset. Now that they have an extra tab for it, so you're specifically just looking at reels. It's it's performing well for our creators and for their platforms. Uh, more and more people are using reels, uh, and they already they already got it right with uh, with stories. When stories came out, people are like, I already have Snapchat. I don't need I don't need stories. And it took about a year and a half, and then no one's using Snapchat to the to the level that they started using Instagram. I feel like until tic- Gen Z came around, but that's because I feel like TikTok yeah. though is feeling the pressure. That's why they're going yeah. very heavy on live yep. video yep. and they're trying to take that market now. So it, and the numbers are swinging again towards Instagram. That That's correct. And again, it, it goes back to the conversation about utility. Different platforms have different utility. Snapchat is more authentic because you can be more authentic because your um, older sister and your dad is not on Snapchat. And so, you know, they're not going to add you on Snapchat and see you drinking at 19. Uh, so, you know, it, I, I feel like uh, with Reels, though, um, it goes back to the conversation of watch time. If watch time is king now and you realize that you can get someone to loop a video for a minute, if you can get someone to watch a 20 second video, you know, uh, multiple times and you can get a minute out of them, then rather than seeing a square photo. Um, and that's also why we introduce carousels. So when you introduce carousels, um, there is more of a chance for you to go next, swipe, 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 and it keeps the person engaged and creates more watch time when you're watching photos. Okay. YouTube is hyping their short form videos to compete with TikTok and Reels. How do you assess that? To answer that question, um, um, we have to ask a question. So Bob, what's the biggest search engine? It depends on your age. If you're an older person, it's Google. If younger person, it's TikTok. Might be Amazon. Love it. What's the what's the second biggest? Well, I mentioned Google, Amazon, TikTok. Uh, you tell me. The second is YouTube because it's integrated with with Google. And so, um, even though TikTok has an interesting search function, it's nowhere near the traffic of Google. Um, and the second biggest search engine is YouTube. So what does that mean for us as people in entertainment, whether you're pushing movies, whether you're pushing artists or whatever it may be that you're pushing, um, good luck, uh, you know, typing in, um, you know, Bob interviews, 25, seven media on Facebook, uh, or on Instagram. Um, and unless we optimize the TikToks in a way 
then they'll show up. But if you if you search that on Google, you're going to get the YouTube video first um, because YouTube still follows all the traditional um, SEO laws. And it's also the much the much better way to manage an inventory. Um, right now, there are more capabilities on YouTube to organize playlists, to organize the way that you can have your audience consume the content, where on TikTok, not even every creator is allowed to make playlists. Um, where on Instagram, um, you know, not every creator even knows the difference between, you know, saving your lives um, for long form content or using reels. They, some of them don't even know that you when you post a video on the feed, it instantly turns it into a reel. So YouTube is um, the best way to share long form content. Now, shorts, because it comes with the searchability, because it comes with um, you know the integration with Google, um, it that's why it's been able to explode. In such in such a cool way, um, and so if you notice, your phone is optimized in a vertical way, and so when you open the the apps, they are going to let you know what they're prioritizing. The middle button on Instagram is Reels, the middle button on on your YouTube app right now is Shorts because it's vertical. So they are pushing uh, this because seventy uh, percent of the consumption in the United States is mobile anyway. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say on that YouTube is getting Shorts wrong because they're trying to fight two battles at the same time. So they're fighting the live stream space. Mm -hmm. YouTube Live is becoming a very big thing. Mm -hmm. YouTube TV is going against every uh, cable company in the world right now. And then on top of that, you have shorts. Instagram introduced Reels and just focused on Reels mm -hmm. to try to attack TikTok. And this, the same thing they did with uh, Stories on Snapchat. YouTube is trying to fight three battles at the same time. Yep. And they're just not. They're just not. They're just not doing it right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that um, shorts have the power of TikTok yet. However, because they're not improving the design. Correct. But they are searchable, which is crazy because now TikTok is is learning how to be a searchable uh, company where YouTube has, you know, all the years of experience and it, it's easier to integrate. Um, like uh, just the other day, I was uh, we, we did a campaign for one of our friends, Swaco. I, I was able to find that right away. Like I, I looked it up on YouTube I, I, and I, I found we found it because. I know when we did it, um, and it was a really easy campaign to find. Um, where if I type in, you know, Swaco Sound <laughs> um, on TikTok, I'm going to be sitting through like hundreds, you know, like uh, hundreds of thousands of sounds. Um, so anyway, it, it is what it is, uh, and I agree with Raf. Um, they, they YouTube just has more opponents. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube YouTube's opponent is Twitch. Um, Twitch is the most um, interactive live streaming platform right now. It's not the best. Uh, quote unquote, but it's the most interactive. Um, YouTube has far more video capabilities. They just can't get the marketing right on how to get more people to stream on uh, YouTube, which, which uh, you know, Raf is right about that. Um, they have the best technology for vertical video, in my opinion. They just don't know how to market it to create to, to, to create the users. Trash. It's so bad. Yeah. How, how do you create, how does your platform a, a certain color scheme and then you roll out a feature in a different color scheme yeah see that hurts your eyes see the uh the raf is really good at finding friction uh no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry no like this is this is these are the types of conversations we have but when he finds friction it's like how can we make this frictionless so i agree with him the magic of tiktok is that your cousin can go viral tomorrow that's the magic and so the platform is designed for the consumer and it's designed for the average person to basically feel like they could do a trend or create one and they can go viral tomorrow. You try to upload a, a YouTube short on your own right now, 
you actually need to go to yeah, YouTube. You need to go to YouTube to learn how to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's, that's, Raph is right. Raph is right. So, you know, a nerd like me, I mean, like Bob, before we started, I mean, look how many, look how many things I set up. I set up a GoPro, uh, timer, got a camera over there, got, got the camera floating. Like I'm a nerd. This guy knows that YouTube is the superior platform for technology. Raph is just like, who cares if you know how to film all this, if you can't even get the message across? Yeah, I get it. Let's stop for a second. You said watch time is the most important to the ultimate platform. It's important. Whereas we've been told how many views, how many subscribers are you talking that watch time is the best in terms of compensation? Why is watch time king? Watch time is king to the platforms. I'll talk about two, right? So from the from the producer of the content to the platform, it's king to the platforms because you can't fake watch time as good as you could fake views. Um, I mean, you know, even 10 years ago, people were talking about like those like uh, playlist farms and stuff like that. So um, you can buy a view, you can buy a click um, that's been around for a long time, but actually have a human being interact with their device while they're paying attention to your content is something you can't fake. And the tools and the tracking tools are getting better and better. Um, so, you know, these tracking tools are tracking when, you know, uh, people hire like a big uh, render farm, um, uh, like those render farms that Hollywood used to use to render uh, graphic design. Those render farms are being used now to, to fake watch time. Um, but these platforms are getting really good at identifying when this is a fake interaction because there are natural retention rates. Um, and if you listen to some of the biggest creators, um, you know, they always talk about their retention. They talk about three things. They talk about their thumbnail, um, which is basically, um, you know, the, the first message you send to the world when they are encountered with your mass awareness, which is the platform putting you in front of their face. They talk about their hook, which is what drives you into the video. And they talk about their retention. Those are the three biggest priorities right now um, for the platform. Wait, wait, just one second. Yes. Are we talking about retention of one video or retention of consuming multiple videos? Um, well, it's both, but it starts with one. You know, if uh, so if you uh, a healthy playlist, uh, this this statistic, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been in full screen, but this statistic may be a little outdated. But a healthy playlist is if you get like one point eight, uh, one point eight videos watched. Uh, so that means that they they saw your video, they watched one more video, and then they watched, you know, point eight of another. Um, so who knows what it is now? Uh, maybe it's bigger because, you know, mobile and everything's a little bit more attractive. Maybe it's two now. I don't know. But that the point is that it starts with one. You want to make sure that your content uh, gets that retention so that you can hope to, you know, to live another day. Um, but anyway, that's the answer for the platforms. Uh, the reason it's king is because it's the thing that can't be faked uh, and, and it won't be it won't be faked. Uh, for a long time and uh another another reason is because you as the producer of the content you want a hundred fans that have seen the thing in completion rather than you know ten thousand fans that have just maybe heard your name or saw you in a meme or you know saw your thumbnail okay, okay. And the elephant in the room advertising dollars right where the the uh and consumer is spending the most time on yep so if i'm watching a show for 20 minutes and I'm watching another show for 10 minutes. As an advertiser, I want to go to the one that they're consuming more whoa, of the whoa, show. Whoa, 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 slower. Are you saying the viewer is more valuable or because <laughs> they're watching so much video, they're seeing more ads? The viewer is more valuable because you can yeah. get your message across. You're a more valuable asset than uh, someone that's making 10-second videos. 
because if someone's spending an hour listening to this podcast, you have them more hooked. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Okay, let's pull the lens way back. In the pre-internet era... People got their information from traditional newspapers and television. Uh-huh. There were magazines and books, but there was a hierarchy. Needless to say, there are many places to get your information today. So if we are talking about the younger demo, let's just call it under 20. I don't know where you want to break it, under 21, under 18, even under 15. Can you reach them with any of the traditional tools? Do newspapers mean anything? Does television mean anything? Or really, is this the only way to reach the audience? Oof. I'm going to think on that, man. I got it. Go for it, bro. You use traditional media to validate what you've already put on social media. So um, we run a company, uh, right? The Wired article came out. Uh, we, we could do a million views on, on digital, but everyone that was under 15 saw a physical magazine and they matched the views that we do on, on digital to that magazine and said, these guys are legit. Okay. But you guys are out of the demo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the LA times, which uh, a rock star referred to me as a pamphlet today, 
has very little information <laughs> and seeming I get it, but seemingly almost nobody I know still gets it. Yeah. So I see these articles and you might feel good at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're under 20 and there's an article on you, other than trying to mm-hmm. reach a different audience, the older demo might give you a movie deal, whatever. Does it help your audience at all? Yeah. Let's uh, let me answer the question. And uh, I didn't want to recycle an answer. But since it wasn't published in the, in the Washington Post, I'll say it here. Um, what I told them when they asked about traditional media is I said that traditional media has a very good opportunity at just completely owning live. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, I mean, look at me. I don't, I don't play sports, right? <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. But um, I don't know anything about football, but this dude loves football, right? So the 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 primetime coach guy, right? Like I I just got hooked on his YouTube videos and uh, what he Beyond was doing, yeah, and what he was doing with with Colorado, and I was right. just like, this is this is brilliant. Like, why don't why don't all the teams do? I, and I got hooked on on the energy, and um, you know, in order for me to actually watch the game, it had to be TV. Um, and so the production, you know, um, the the machine has the opportunity to m- make the best live content. Ever. Um, so when you have kids that are, you know, live streaming IRL on kick, they're live streaming IRL on on Twitch with IRL is uh, in real life. Um, so what this is, a ca- this is a content category that's actually the biggest content category on Twitch right now and on uh, competitor of Twitch, uh, which is kick where uh, people are setting up GoPros um, or DSLRs, actual cameras with a backpack, and they're using converters to be able to live stream a very high, high production quality compared to what we're used to live streaming when, you know, your grandma or your aunt live streams horizontally on Facebook live. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is like good stuff. However, what's stopping a network from getting Gordon Ramsay live to, you know, go into a restaurant and save the day live? Um, well, they're just not doing it. Um, but they have a really good opportunity to do that right now, other than just the traditional award shows and sports. I think that, you know, if you have... Uh, production experience. If you treat production value um, with you know with that level of caliber and respect, I think that there's a really big opportunity for for you to do that. So I think that um, you know it's not necessarily gone. Um, what I told the Washington Post is that you know um, it's it's about learning a trade. You know, uh, social media. If you if you want to do it well, you're going to have to learn a little bit of you know filmmaking. You're going to have to learn a little bit of cinematography if you want to take it to the next level. You want to, uh, you know, you want to make content. You have to learn sound. You have to learn all of these uh, tools and disciplines from production. And, uh, you know, social media has been around for 10, day, 10, 10 years, you know. So now you're encountering the 15, 17, 18-year-old that their dream was to go to USC and not, not anymore. Their dream is like, yo, like, I can do this at 19 and I can shoot an ad from my living room. And they're adopting these disciplines and that's going to wash all the millennials that just got good at posing and good lighting. Uh, because these 19-year-olds that are coming uh, already equipped cinematographers that have done campaigns for brands because brands are paying them uh, close to nothing because they have a million uh, followers on TikTok and they don't know what to charge. These kids are coming out the gate with uh, commercials they've done They've done for ads. They've done music videos. They've, they've gone viral themselves. Um, so, you know, I, I think it could be done. And that's why TikTok was able to take off right away because you didn't need experience. Mm-hmm. But now all the cre- the real creators mm-hmm. are coming in and it's turning like every other platform where you need to be able to storytell, you need to be able to have production value to even compete. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk entertainment outlets. Let's talk specifically the music business. Music business was controlled by distribution. It's hard to get your record in the store. And even if you got in the record store, unless you had a continuing line of product, you couldn't get paid. Then there was terrestrial radio. Needless to say, there are many outlets today. If you are, let's just talk one of the three major labels and their subsidiaries. This is a two-sided question. Can they make it without social media? And B, if they want to use social media, how might they employ it? <laughs> oh, and Raph I, takes the stand. Uh, it, Set up the guillotine. <laughs> okay, so it all depends on the genre. Um, so look at, look at uh, country right now. Country music is having an enormous rise. That doesn't happen without, without TikTok and social media being involved. But all the artists that are doing well right now, they also have a huge touring history. There's only one breakthrough country artist this year, which is Zach Bryan. He told his story on social media, got a couple million views. Right away, he hit the road. So country, you still need to hit the road. You still need to touch the fan base. And then from there, use that piece of content on social media. Now, if we're talking about hip hop or pop music, all you need is that iPhone, make that song, put it out there, and they'll, they'll find you. Especially if you know exactly the fan base that you're going after. Because you can find the type beat that you want to get on. You can find the type vocal that you want to sound on. And you go from an artist that's at zero to a seven right away. And you have a product worth selling. As far as the, the, the big major labels and the subsidiaries, what's happening there is they're using it as a way to sign artists. But they're not going back to the platform and educating them on who the artist is. They're just like, we just signed this really cool record and we're just going to throw money at it. But they're not going back and saying, well, this cool record was made by this and this and this type of artist. They're not going back and educating the artist because there's so much supply and there's so much product out there that they can make money from that they don't need to go and tell the artist story like they, they used to have. Okay. Let's focus on hip hop that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. You say you can look at what's happening and recreate it. Mm -hmm. We live in a world, it used to be prior to 15 years ago or so, if you did something great, it would surface. Mm -hmm. Not today. I can point you things that are phenomenal in everything, whether it be streaming television, music, whatever, there's just so much product. Are you saying with hip hop, there's a way to analyze social media such that you know you will get attention. S same thing with uh, same thing with the uh, the sound in hip hop as well. Because in hip hop, there's there are type beat producers, mm -hmm. so they can create exactly the sound of a, another popular s artist, and then they can create the exact vocal chain in your house. So you can go from I've never made a song to I just sound like my favorite artist, and the consumer on the other side. They're like, if I listen to, I don't know, a little TJ, I'm also going to like this artist as well because they sound alike. Well, let me, let me, okay, I get all that. You have the successful artists. Mm -hmm. I'm at home. I've replicated. I've made something reasonable. How do people find me? Easy. You just, the exact artist that you're replicating, you hit up their fan, uh, fan pages. And say, let's, let's be a little bit slower. Okay. You are the new artist. Mm -hmm. How do you hit up their <laughs> fan base? You, you op open up Instagram, 
say, hey, I also sound like the artist that you're a fan of. I see you have 3,000 followers. Here's my snippet of this song. Are you open to posting it on your story? That story gets 200, 200 new listeners, right? So that story post is going to give that new artist from zero to 200 new listeners. Now that algorithm is created that shows Spotify and other platforms that this artist sounds exactly like this big artist, so you should recommend them. Okay, a little bit slower. I'm doing everything you can. I see the followers of the big artists. I reach out. How many do I have to reach out? How many are going to play with me? And what do I have to do to incentivize them to play? Well, you're not reaching out there to the artist directly. I understand the fans. Yeah, you're reaching out to the fan page. And honestly, it's very easy because they're used to always engaging because the, the, a person that's running a fan page online is also probably online 24-7. So they're going to see it. It's all about, if I can start this project with you today, Bob. We can make your favorite artist happen today and we could probably have a million streams within a month. Okay, just a little bit slower. I've created the <laughs> snippet. Mm -hmm. How many members of the fan base might I reach out to? I would, I would reach out to 50 pages of those. Uh, the, remember, the artist that you're replicating has to have enough of a fan base to have a fan page too. That's the elephant in the room. So it has to be a big enough artist that has a bunch of fan pages. I'll reach out to 50. I would tell, let's say 20 of them, reply back, pay 20 bucks per story post. Then I'm getting my first 10,000 listeners. Then the algorithm will just serve me to... Okay, but ultimately you were compensating these people. Uh, if you want to get it quicker. If you want to get it quicker, but we've also been in a position where we had no money to pay anybody. And it's just a matter of, th see, that's the thing that Raf, see, I think, I think the reason why Bob keeps zooming out mm -hmm. is because we have to go, go deeper and deeper okay. into the core. Check this out. Raf said something very important, which is, you know, sometimes people sign a song, but they're not signing the artist. Right. Yeah. So let's start there. When you have the money for it, we might not even use the money. This is just an opportunity for you to take your artist to the gym and say, hey, mijo, you got to reach out to 300 people. You have to do it from your page because and you have to do it with your voice notes because I'm not you. Do you want it more or, or do I want it more than you? It's a very beautiful opportunity. And I think that every every if if this is what you do, if you help artists, if you help creators, it's very important for you to be able to find these assignments that also get results. So these these get results. But okay, now the other zoom out question from Bob. Okay, I've done that. No one's posted it. Cool. Now you go back to the gym and you work on your product. The problem that we've had for the last you know thirty years or whatever, like yes, you might have a good song. You might be in a good algorithm. And honestly, like labels aren't si signing bad things and they're also not putting out bad things like this is good stuff. It's just that it's not good enough. And so, um, OK, let's say that your product or your song is not good enough. Then what do you have? Are you very attractive? OK, you're not attractive. Damn, You're like me. <laughs> All right. So that means that you have to build a community and interest around what you want to do. And so that's why when you zoom out and zoom out and zoom out, it, it, it starts at the core, man. It's like, look, dude, do you, uh, do you want to be a musician because you want to hop into a scene and have a blast and have an amazing youth and maybe put that money in real estate? Cool. Do you want to start a community 
Um, and do you want to start a movement because you're passionate about this genre? You're passionate about this. Da 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 da. We've seen it. Uh, and uh, you live, uh, you live during the time that I wish I was alive. I wish I was alive when a dude came up to me in an alley and was like, "Yo, you look like you would like to get punched in the middle of the night listening to Metallica." Who's Metallica? You don't know? Here's this cassette. Come back tomorrow, and I'll show you where the show's at. I wish I was alive at that time. And in 2020, we did that with an artist. Exactly. And we did. Like, we did it in uh, hip-hop. Yep. So we... Were you talking about in real life? In real oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, so basically what he's saying, I had the artist message 300 creators. Yep. And I was like, the artist that you're mimicking uh, also uh, is followed by these specific creators. These creators all play this specific video game, which is Fortnite. So I had him message every single creator. We had about a 20% response rate. We f- flipped that to about 80 million streams within a year. The artist was at zero. Okay. We signed Just to Warner Records. Just to be clear, why does this work in pop and hip hop and not other genres? It works in every genre. And not, not in country. Not oh, in no, country yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because no, yeah, in yeah. country music, they, div- uh, they were slower to get on social media. So it's just a matter of when? Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. This is all general. You guys represent talent. Mm-hmm. How many people do you represent today? Uh, eight. That's not very many. No. Okay. Of your overall time, how much is focused on those eight as opposed to whatever? Mm, that's a tough question. It's it's pretty tough to scale, um, but we divide and conquer. So we're three founders, um, and then we have um, eight managers. Well, we have twenty seven people in staff. First of all, so this is impossible to do without a fucking big ass team. Okay, um, yeah. everybody's on a weekly salary. Uh, what do you mean? As opposed to you work and I pay you two hundred dollars when I see the work. Oh, Every, no, no, no. We, uh, well, we have vendors for different things. Uh, but all 27 yeah. know that they're going to get paid every week. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, we have vendors for different things like right, marketing yeah. that will right, like, right. we'll hire some or whatever. But no, like we have 27 employees. Um, not all of them are managers. Um, some of them are coordinators. Some of them are just specifically social media people. Uh, you know, my brother, uh, he's 19, runs the editing team. Like, you know, we also strap boot and we're also immigrants. So we, we know, you know, we make sure the family works. Um, but no. Um, how we scale it is uh pretty tough, but we divide it in threes. No, 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 no. Different yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. You have these eight artists. No, no. It's fi- he said fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. No, that's that's why. I, I, no, no, no. That's where I got confused. <laughs> okay, you got fifty-eight. Yeah, 58. Let me let me go to the other half of the question anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. At twenty-five-seven media. Uh-huh. Is all your work and income based on those 58 or is there another business of consulting and doing whatever? So we, we've mm. done marketing for every major label in the book for the last three years. And so, are you still doing that? Uh, no, because uh, we, we still do it for uh, like very friends, few, very friends few. here and there, but we like to do it in house because, you know, you own the asset, like you own the music that you're putting mm-hmm. on w- you, with the artist. So th- there's a higher return there than getting someone else's record to move on the chart. Okay. So for whatever reason, you don't want me to be your 59th artist. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody <laughs> like you guys 
who I could say, well, I didn't use 25.7, I used 3.6 media. Mm-hmm. Are there other people out there of your caliber? Uh, yeah, uh, I would. it would be ignorant to say they're not, and there's also... And you know where they are? They're a group of friends on a Discord that mm-hmm. don't even know that they're 25.7 yet. Yeah. Like before yeah. we got in the space, um, we, we, I, well, I was a song promoter from labels years ago. So what I would do is I would get specific records moving in specific territories on Spotify. I didn't know that was an actual talent. Like they, I just thought I was just a kid making Spotify playlists, driving traffic. And then you see the song number one in the Philippines and you're a part of it and you're like, well, I got paid like 500 bucks for this. So then as I got older, I was like, oh, this is where the the ball is moving towards digital. And then I became empowered. And then when COVID hit, it made us even more empowered because all that, all those ad dollars that they were going to put everywhere else, they're like, we have to give it to these young guys. And there's a kid right now that's learning a platform that we're ignoring in this conversation that's going to crush us in three to four years. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Okay, this is a side note. But now since we've had social media influencers in excess of a decade, you have incredible burnout because on one hand, you have to post every day. On another hand, 
that becomes very tedious no matter how much money you're making. Has this been your experience? Um, we deal with burnout in different ways. Um, I think that actually all three of us have different ways of, of dealing with it. I'll let Raf kind of talk about the way he deals with burnout when it comes to creators. But when they, if they come to me, it's because they've already tried, you know, all the conventional things that I've already put out there on the TikTok that they can watch. Right. Um, they've already tried all the, all the tutorials. Um, but if they come to one of us and they're honest about it, um, first you have to make sure that they're honest about it. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're lying to you. It's just so that you can identify like, Hey, is this truly, you know, burnout? Um, or is it that it's just the wrong song and you just don't like the song, you know? And uh, I think that by the time that they come to us, what I like to do is I like to take them through, um, you know, the steps of, uh, breaking it down, honestly, like, look, dude, um, sometimes you just have to tell them like, Hey man, maybe you're just not passionate about you know, the, the lyrics that you're saying, if you don't believe them, maybe you outgrew them. Um, you know, sometimes people, I mean, people have been with us for four years now. There are worlds where we signed someone at, you know, uh, 19, um, and now they're in their twenties and they're a different person. Uh, maybe their fan base wants them to be that and they're not. Um, and so, you know, burnout, uh, can increase and the, the candle burns from multiple ends when there are these additional things other than just doing your job. One of the things that I notice is that when the artist or the content creator is actually passionate about their work and they're passionate about what they're putting out, it's, uh, I don't want to say that it doesn't happen, but burnout is rare. It, it really is. Well, you is. know, if we go back to one of the original influencers, Jenna Marbles, she gave up. People who feel that there's sure. so much pressure to post every day. Sure. That they, they just, you know, spiral out. Well, the, here's, here's a couple of things. So. To avoid burnout, you need a team that's always pushing your content without you clicking upload. So we have one of our artists. He walks around. He goes shopping. He would that would be a normal day that he would do. Doesn't have to interact with the camera at all. We shoot that, and then that's what we post. He doesn't have to do anything different. He ate a burrito when I was with him. I took a video of that. Uh, Two million views. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't have to open up his TikTok account ever. That's him, right? There's other artists that need to create content uh, for their music or whatever they're making that has to be more personable. And then the elephant in the room, what's your why? If you came to me three years ago and your why was to be a superstar and there's superstar level expectations, you have to do things that you don't want to do. But mm -hmm. if your goal was to make, become a self-sufficient business or you know, be a six-figure, seven-figure business, and we hit that, go to Japan. Shout out to 93. Like, Shout out to 93. He took a yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. You said to become a superstar, you have to do things you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Give me two examples of things I might have to do to become a superstar that I don't want to do. Okay, so right now, the live feature is massive. Um, you, a, a person with a huge platform that wants to keep their fans engaged needs to go on live at least once a month for an hour. And talk to fans almost like you're doing a meet and greet. A lot of artists have social anxiety. A lot of artists don't want to be on live. They want to have more of their videos, uh, you know, edited a certain way. But a superstar needs to have a meet and greet on digital with the artist, sadly, nowadays, at least once a month. Okay. Pull back for a second. What do I need for you to sign me? You got 58 people mm -hmm. that you're working with. You're always combing for new talent. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? 
Ooh, depending on who you ask. Depending on who you ask, uh, like uh, he's I'll, all about yeah, music. Yeah, I'll finish. I'll finish the 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 concept, and I'll I'll even touch on Jenna Marbles because that's close to home because I love her. Um, so the reason she stopped is because she loved comedy. That's what she loved, and uh, in the world and the climate that we're in, um, you know, being you know a white woman making jokes, it's something that um, you know there are jokes that she regretted, but then she just had so much anxiety with the platform as big as she had um and with making a mistake that it, it crumbled her um and so again that's when we go into are you actually burning the candle from the other end um us as the team um i i make sure that the flame is burning in a controllable way but if it's melting on different sides then we have to be honest about it hey dude like maybe these lyrics are not it for you anymore you can't you can't rap about suicide anymore maybe you can't do that and maybe that's what's stopping you from 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 going deeper and being honest about you know why it is that you procrastinate, why it is that you push it, why it is that you're not executing, um, and that's when the the candle burns on on both ends of the sticks, and that's why people like Jenna Marbles that have that big of a platform, also big expectations from their fans to be funny. Now the climate is very anti funny, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, oh, that's let's funny. slow down there. Yeah, tell me more about the climate being anti funny. Well, <laughs> that's funny, but see, that's funny. But with her, um, there are jokes that didn't age well, plain and simple. Oh, right? I know that, but yeah. I'm trying to say, I'm sitting at home. Mm-hmm. I want to make it. Are you telling me that, you know, today, generally speaking, we're not looking for funny. We're looking for something else. <sighs> man, it's just that funny is, is just a dangerous territory, man whatever especially for gen zers like there's gen zers that i'm telling you do not care like these kids are scary like <laughs> like some of the things that they share on social media it's just scary. yeah i mean it's uh what he's the anti funny thing is if a comedian said a joke or uh-huh. an individual said a joke we would allow that right nowadays uh, you can't come in and thinking you're seinfeld seinfeld earned the right to say that joke and with social media they will make sure to let you know right away or whoever mm-hmm. your boss is that, hey, so-and-so is a teacher at this school, but is also trying to make this type of content online. Uh, there was a teacher recently. Okay, just to be clear, it's not that the audience doesn't want funny. Correct. It's just if you specialize in funny, it's a dangerous territory. It's a dangerous territory because you're going to be criticized in the same way that if you uh, think that you're a good battle rapper and you start making uh rap music instead of mumble hip-hop you're gonna get cooked by the people that know how to rap okay yeah let's just say you got 58 clients Mm -hmm. what genres what are those 50 how many are in music how many are only fans what are the 58 oh man you're gonna have to help me with that well (laughs) because how many music people do we have yeah i mean it gets it gets complicated so it's 58 exclusive 259 exclusive that we work on social media with so you're overall 300. Um, music is about 24. Uh, and then the rest would be a hybrid between YouTube and OnlyFans. Um, between what and OnlyFans? YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Okay. YouTube creators and OnlyFans. Um, but it's kind of, everybody has kind of similar goals. Uh, believe it or not, everybody has to create uh, a community. So on music right now, a big thing is a broadcast channel. So there's specific members that join there. And they can either subscribe or join for free that a musician can just give them uh, snippets or a music that won't hit all platforms. And that's exactly how it works for the YouTube creators and OnlyFans as well. 
Okay, let's focus solely on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Is it 100% pornography or is anybody making money without taking their clothes off? Oh, yeah, we have a ton that are making money. With, uh, I'd say about like 40% of the roster doesn't take their clothes off at all. And what are they selling? Are they selling sex? Uh, <laughs> some of them are. Uh, some of them are uh, selling bikini photos. Some of them are selling um, connection. Yeah, connection, con connection and also just live streaming, like watching uh, watching anime together. Like it, it, it's all kinds uh, of okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. Let, let me be very specific. How much are sexually oriented that could be sex conversation. That could be bikini photos. That could be taking off all your clothes. Yeah. What percentage of the people you represent are in that category as opposed to another category? There's different levels of boundaries, I'd say. But yeah, of course, it's it's risque. Um, but there there's an art to it. Like there are people. No, that, no, no, no. Yeah. I just want to know, is anybody making good money not in that risque territory? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. are they doing? Uh, they're, they're the ones that are, that are doing bikini pictures and watching anime with their fans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's say I'm not wearing a bikini. I'm wearing a hoodie <laughs> and, and sweatpants. Can I build a business mm -hmm. watching anime with my fans? Yeah, you can. And that's called being a, a live streamer on the just chat on Twitch. It's just not the right platform. No. Okay. But on OnlyFans, I'm only no, talking not, about OnlyFans. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. the issue with OnlyFans. That's the issue with OnlyFans. The, the, like yeah. the way, the way you. The OnlyFans, there's going to be a sexual component somewhere that's so, yeah for for us at least uh we're not in the business of you know going up to someone and telling them that they can make a million dollars by doing like a cooking show which is what only fans is trying to mm -hmm. do right um but it, it's i know that it happens for them i'm i don't have the the yeah, data yeah, yeah, i understand you yeah. answered my question yeah okay let's assume i am making sexually oriented content on only fans is that the end or are there any opportunities that OnlyFans might lead to? Yeah, see, that's the cool thing about what we do is what with the OnlyFans side of the business and Digico, um, one of the mottos is that, you know, no Digico girl is going to die doing OnlyFans. So the point really is um, to build a platform. That's the number one priority. And then to monetize on it. Once you have that money, what do you want to do with that money? Do you want to start a YouTube channel streaming? Do you want to launch a brand? Um, which we've done all those things. Um, I mean, look at Kim Kardashian. Did she die just from the... Well, we all know Kim Kardashian, and right. that that was made on television primarily. Mm -hmm. There was a sex tape before that, but then television but, but blew this, it up. Yeah, exactly. But, but let's not talk about Kim Kardashian. Let's talk about the people you represent. Correct. No, of yeah. someone who is but that's, making, that's the modern day version. Of, of course. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Of someone who is making content sexually oriented on OnlyFans that you represent. Yep. Mm -hmm. How much is the biggest gross per year of someone who does that? I mean, don't want to out them because everybody knows our, our top three, but it's it's pretty it's worth their while. Is it seven yeah. figures? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Is it yeah. eight figures? Uh it it could be. Uh it, it could be. Okay, yeah. okay. I have a deal. We're making money. Yeah. Twenty five seven, what is their cut? Um, it depends on the creator. Yeah. There are some people that are legacy that have been with us from the beginning. There are people that you know just start. It depends if we launch the uh, if we launch their career. Um, well, we, give me the lowest to the highest. Um, so in general, what we do when we launch someone's career is we do fifty fifty on the OnlyFans side, um, and it's a it's a three month test. Um, and if they because this this is the thing, man, like you don't want to uh, commit to something that you're not a hundred million percent sure that you're going to be able to do. 
Um, and part of what we do is we don't really, this, this sounds hilarious. It's counterintuitive, but we don't make them do anything. We don't tell them what to do. What we do is we provide strategy and we provide decks and presentations where they can choose and pick and choose whatever they're comfortable with from proven trends that, that work. Um, and then we also consult them on producing the right TikToks and we also produce the YouTube videos for them. Yeah. We're the traffic source. Yeah. We're the traffic source for that platform. Okay. Let's say I, I'm in business with you. We have mm -hmm. great success, mm -hmm. but I think I can do it alone now mm -hmm. and I don't want to give up my 50%. Who owns the content? Um, the they do. The creator does. Uh, the, the creator has to own the content because they are the ones that are um, producing the content in California. That's just the law. Um, and we also represent people all over the world, but we, we go well, actually, that. I don't want to get into the legal elements, actually being a lawyer, but you, they own the content is good enough for me. Let's yeah. switch the gears to music. Yeah. Before we switch gears, I'll, I'll discuss like what leads to that. So the point of building a platform first beef, uh, before even getting an OnlyFans, especially when we launch someone, if we launch someone, we do a three month test. After that three month test, we give them the option to stay. And then we do a long-term contract for less percentage. That percentage is determined based on you know the outcome of the business, um, but we don't we don't stay fifty percent forever. It, fifty percent is just the launch because in the launch phase we put in a ton of money for the traffic. We invest a lot in their in their in their content. We help them with everything, um, and so that's what the three the three month uh, test is for. Now from there, it's really important to build the TikTok because actually the way that we build the community around Digicult is through music. <laughs> so you know when it comes to um, pushing sounds you know when we look at whoa 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 whoa, a little bit slower uh-huh did you switch gears or are you saying only fans is driven by tiktok uh mm -hmm. it is <laughs> and it's if i'm only fans and i'm taking my clothes off i'm selling on i'm making people to wear on tiktok but there's a musical component mm -hmm. there's a musical component for um being being a, a creator when you're a creator and you want to monetize whether it's youtube or or only fans or whatever you need the most amount of awareness Right. right now, it happens to be IG Reels and TikTok. And so that's why for us, the priority, you know, maybe you, maybe you you flunk on OnlyFans and this has happened. Maybe you flunk on OnlyFans and you or you find out that it's not for you. Um, oh, sorry. You, you have a conversation with, uh, you know, maybe you get a boyfriend. Uh, maybe you get a girlfriend and it's just not for you guys anymore. Um, and so cool. But you know what? You built a platform of 100,000 followers. Um, doesn't mean that you can't work with us. Do you want to do marketing for us? Do you want to do the marketing campaigns? Do you want to be involved in the community of 25-7, uh, still be part of the talent? Like that's happened before and it continues to happen. So um, that's why the priority is building the platform because from there they can launch streaming. They can go on Twitch and monetize there. They can monetize on YouTube. But just to be clear, let's say I'm successful on OnlyFans. I'm going to TikTok to build my OnlyFans traffic or it's brand extension? It's uh, both. you're going, you're, it's both. You're going to TikTok to build a brand, but also to get the most amount of awareness. You convert those people over to your Instagram. The Instagram is also now a really good way of discovery because of reels. You convert them ideally to your YouTube. And then if they really want to monetize, they buy your merch or they continue watching your videos or they go on your OnlyFans. That's why what he was trying to say earlier, like people are getting away with bikini pictures and sometimes not even talking anything sexually because they've built their TikToks and YouTubes to such a large number and such an intimate level with their following that they'll just pay just to get a message back. Exactly. Which is in, like, it's it's insane. Like people are paying $500 just to get a hello back. And we're sitting there like, how is that possible? But that's the way of them knowing that their favorite creator or that person on the other side of that phone 
we'll talk to them. And and also imagine being one of the first 500 girls to dance a Doja Cat song on TikTok. You're going to get numbers and you're going to get traffic. So the advantage that uh, the digital girls get is they know when we're going to heat up a song. And so imagine, you know, you're you're an artist, you your 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 song drops on Friday. You know, by the next Sunday, you're going to have 30 girls uh, from Digicol, which is 25-7 media that have hundreds of hundreds of thousands of followers. Some of them have millions on TikTok that are now doing your song. Instant traffic. It's all synergy, um, which is actually a term I learned from Brendan from from Wired, uh, who did the article on us. He, he brought up the, you know, the Simpsons had this episode on synergy. Ever since he said the word synergy, I can't stop saying it. But it truly is just, uh, you know, like like a really good environment that we build for launching music. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus Paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. I don't want to, you know, harp on OnlyFans, but there are many people participating on OnlyFans who are really not making any money. Mm-hmm. What works on OnlyFans? Uh, the other platforms. The, the other platforms. <laughs> and that's yeah. why we're... Right, but, but there are people... <laughs> let me put it differently. <laughs> There are people who are basically selling sexual content of whatever stripe mm-hmm. yeah. on OnlyFans. Does it have to be a certain level of sexual content mm-hmm. or is it you, how you monetize 
the people paying no, attention. No, uh, no. Again, it's it doesn't have to be sexual content. It's about the traffic you bring in and the quality of traffic. And that's why uh, we're able to. And win. that's why we're able to do okay. that because a porn. Uh, I'll I'll go deeper. A, a porn star, for example, um, does does not make what a digital girl makes because some of their content is already out there. Um, and there's some, you know, the guy already saw it. There's no need for them to engage with the talent further. Mm -hmm. And so when you get the traffic and you built an interest in an aura around you, you're bringing that traffic in and you're monetizing on the traffic by simply being a part of their community that you can't see. So there are pictures, even if they're just bikini and non-sexual stuff, um, the, if the girl doesn't post the bikini picture on Instagram and the guy needs to see the bikini picture, he's going to see the bikini picture and he's going to pay for the bikini picture. So just like the rapper <laughs> that is pushing his EP in the McDonald's bag and sending his EP to everybody in the drive-thru, there's a lot of people that, yes, they had that harsh reality when it's like, hey, I made my OnlyFans and no one gave a shit because now you know what it's like to be an independent rapper. And it's the same thing. It's you're pushing this traffic and how do you make people care? Okay, let's switch to music. Someone signs with you guys. A. Are you looking for numbers before you sign someone or will you sign with someone totally raw based on what you hear in their identity? Well, we can't at the number factor. We can't compete on that just because all the majors and all the distribution companies, if you're doing about 35,000 streams a day on cross your catalog, you're on every radar and uh, every label is moving towards the data. So what we have to go towards is I, I go based off brand. So if I'm sitting in the room with someone or I'm, or I'm talking to that artist, am, am I actually intrigued? Mm -hmm. uh, and that usually, and if the music is about a six out of 10, I'm like, can I actually add value to that and get it to a seven, eight, or even a nine? I go based off brand fully. So can that artist move me when I'm in the room with them? He goes based off only music. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. But you're in. We're in. How many people are hungry, have whatever you're looking for, but really have almost no numbers at all? Yeah, so no, we've done that. And and again, like like Raf said, well, you know, we sign for different reasons, but I think that that's why we're a really good balance. Um, like he has just it's just such a good eye for for talent, not only uh, like music talent, but staff. Like I I won't hire someone unless unless I get his opinion on it. Okay, um, okay, but but. Um, he also, um, sometimes coaches me to not be too caught up in the music and how good the music is. Bob, it's the why, like our, yeah, one of our exactly. biggest artists right now, he's a Mexican artist, grew up in the U S grew up in Mexico, has that duality is figuring out himself through, you know, both cultures. You, he's intriguing the music. We're, we're getting there. He's had four or five songs on the Billboard charts for dance and electronic, but that started off because of his story so unique. His fans got invested in him. So then when we put out the music, if the music was decent enough, he was going to win. There's other artists that we have to lead with the music and then kind of go more old school and create the persona of an artist. But he was already an artist. He just needed the music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there are, there are truly. I know this sounds cheesy. But there are truly people that are born stars. He's good at finding those people. But I'll come in and say like, "Hey, does this person can?" He'll be like, hey, "Does this guy haven't shot at music?" And I'll be like, "Honest about it." Um, with uh, the artist that he mentioned, Lumi Athena. Obviously, I had a soft spot for him because he's Mexican. I'm Mexican. We instantly bonded. 
Um, but I was honest with with Lumi when I talked to him. I was like, hey, dude, I only really like two of your songs. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, will this work? I don't know. But I mean, we like you. And I think I think what I what I did tell him and what I was honest about, I was like, look, I don't understand your genre. I'm a fucking boomer now to him. I'm 30. So to him, I'm, I'm it's done. It's over for me. But I was like, I don't understand this genre, but it's fucking groundbreaking and experimental. And I told him that it reminded me of like uh, when I lived through Skrillex. So to me, Skrillex was one of the most groundbreaking things because he was in my world, in the metal world. And, uh, you know, he went from metalcore screamo to dubstep, which was basically the electronic version of a breakdown of, uh, spot in, in a song. I, I gave him that whole spiel and that whole background and the way that he digested it and took it in. And then he became friends with another one of our artists, um, Psycho, who his, his one of his favorite artists is Skrillex. And then Psycho gave him all his intel on Skrillex and then the way he digested it, and I saw the gears turning in his head. I was like, th th we strike now. We strike now. And and so it, it, it ended up working out. But we'd be lying if, if we said like, even though I'm the music guy, I'd be lying if, if I said like when I heard, uh you know, Crush Club, the genre he created, that I was like all in on the genre. I was just all in on the fact that he was so brave and willing to be so groundbreaking. Okay. You have signed an act. Let's just say for the sake of discussion their talent lies more in the music than the charisma and personality identity. Obviously, whatever is there is good enough for you because you made the deal. But you're a ground zero. How do you get the music heard? Well, first, you got to make the music. What genre? Yeah, it's, <laughs> so it's we're different working, for every genre. Working, right now, it's different for every genre. Yeah, we're working shoegaze right now. Shoegaze yeah. is going gonna, is gonna to come back to the big, big numbers. So from there, we have to start off with the right mix for for the new shoegaze sound that's being created. It's a right. lot more muddier. So you get that mix right, you get that storytelling right, then you're like, okay, cool. What Then you start doing market research. What does a shoegaze fan look like in 2023? Right, because they, they are calling it shoegaze, but the music that they are portraying as shoegaze now is not necessarily shoegaze. So see, that's where you get into the old head. Right. mentality where it's like oh this isn't a real shoe you right, know what right, i mean right 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 but, like but raf is like dude i don't care if it's not real shoegaze just fucking teach these kids chord progressions and then we'll make it work you know so that that's that so jello who's filming actually right now he's he's a really skilled engineer he just had a, a really good session with one of our our new shoegaze acts that you know needs that engine she has the brand she has the music she has a beautiful boy a voice now we just gotta tweak the engineering so that it could it could match the sound of today so once that record is done, then we're like, we identify the market and then we don't just put the music out saying, this is a good shoegaze record that you should listen to. Let's say that same fan is also a fan of this streetwear brand. Then we start attacking it through the fashion Oh, Whoa, whoa, slower, slower. Okay. You've created the track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about the fan. Mm -hmm. How do you decide how to reach out? And well, how no, we talked it? about the genre and then the fan. Right. So, yes. So then I... I I'm a consumer. I look up shoegaze. I look up similar artists. I look at people making videos to shoegaze songs. So I'm like, if you're doing this and you're not getting paid, that means you're a fan. I look at their fashion. I look at their age. Then I look at what they're also following on social media. So I'm like, if these 20 people are following the same fashion trend, I'm going to hit it through the fashion lens. I'm going to put the song in those fashion pages. So now they're thinking they're looking at a t-shirt but the music is in the background. Okay, slower. <laughs> you, you have these people who are making these videos. Mm -hmm. 
you have the song, mm-hmm. A, the point of connection. You say, hey, I love what you're doing. I got a new artist. No, I don't say that. I don't do that. No. I look at that person, <laughs> make, I look at that person making those videos. I look at their interest. And then yeah. I let's say they're into this t-shirt brand. Right. I go to that t-shirt brand and say, here's a song for free. Put it behind your t-shirt ad. And then that fan that's been making videos is just scrolling and just sees the, the things that he's interested in. That song keeps popping up. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. Like just a little bit slower. You remember Bad Religion, right? Of course. All right. So I never told. I I, I gotta now after this podcast, I'm gonna text him and give him his flowers. But like, uh, it's the name of Brett yeah. from Epitaph. Yeah. So Bad Religion. One of the things that they did that was so genius is, uh, bro went to the surfers and the skaters, and he was like, "Yo, like, uh, use you know use use Bad Religion," and uh, they they wanted to pay him, and he was like, "Dude, like, don't pay me because." Back then, remember where they used to do those tapes where every single skate shop would be playing? So he he just got every skate shop to be playing Bad Religion when you know you get all the waves and, and the and the skate videos. It's the same thing. We're okay, but my only again. but it, even though Bad Religion was the punk era DIY, yeah. there's much, much more product today. Oh yeah. So you're saying you can always go back to DIY. No, yeah, but you can always go find someone you say I'm going to give it for free and they're going to say yes as oh, opposed yeah. to someone say hey we got 20 people going to give it to us for free. Correct. Oh yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, you can. Okay, so there's always someone who's going to use your music. Yeah. Always. Okay. And, we, but, yeah. and and and, and the reason I brought that up is because uh you know that is a subgenre. Right. And this this will always always be alive for subgenres. Because your subgenre is a smaller community, and if it's a smaller community, you can target. It's a smaller target. And at the other day, it has to be good. That's why the mix. Yeah, that's has to be good. Okay, <laughs> okay, but let's just assume that you're there. Have you picked out a specific element of the song when you're making the deal with the t-shirt company? What are you actually sending them? What do you want them to use? Well, they're not even a company most of the time. It's just a kid that's posting his his big his most favorite. Um, outfits and that's just one example of i'm not exaggerating hundreds and i mean hundreds of algorithms that that we but have we, wait 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 wait, wait 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 once again i we have to slow down you do this every day my audience isn't doing this <laughs> yeah, every yeah. Day. okay so i so thought the, i so, wait wait yeah. i thought i no, no. Heard, so we'll go to the t-shirt no no, no i understand everything you're saying yeah, but yeah, i just yeah. want to make sure i have it straight yep, 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 yep. you find someone who's a fan you see what they're interested mm-hmm. their algorithm they're the t-shirt mm-hmm. whatever blah 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 i thought you said you contact the t-shirt company. Correct. So there's he's looking at it a different way. I'm looking at it. Right. But yeah, you contact the t-shirt company. There's two ways. So uh, I run a campaign where I fully control how uh, what part of the song they're going to use, how they're going to put it in the caption. That's one part of the campaign. The other campaign, I let the t-shirt company or another company similar to it do their own thing. So one is... I. Uh, the, the I call the other com- uh, the other campaign called Don't Play God because <laughs> a lot of the times like there's parts of records that I think it should be the hook but ends up being the first part of the verse that goes viral. So mm-hmm. uh, so the first campaign is exactly what I want it to be. The second campaign I just let the space take over. Okay, you've done all that. Mm-hmm. You guys have a lot of expertise in algorithms. You're just not sitting at home waiting to see what happens. No. How do you make it happen? So, well, th- what he just said is actually very key. Uh, the don't play God method I- in traditional marketing. This is called AB testing, um, which is, you know, Raf's don't play God method. <laughs> um, and it, there's a reason he calls it that. And I'll get there. 
Um, you're going to make the best description. The simpler, the better, because the simpler means that more people are willing to do it. And you're going to pick a part of the song that you think makes the most sense for them to post in an easy, frictionless way. Sometimes <laughs> you give the most simple instructions and they don't do it. And you want that because sometimes they're the expert of their audience. And so what's happened, which is why he says we don't play God anymore. We don't give them like multiple options. We just give them one and then we let them run is because sometimes the, the kids, the audience will pick not only the single, they'll pick the part of the song, they'll pick the lyric, they'll pick the, the thing that makes it the it moment. They will be better suited to make that decision because they're living the algorithm every day. And that's what we learned when you were asking about our business earlier. When we were three years doing campaigns for other labels, we, we learned a bunch of patterns of communities that are hyper consumers. But we also learned that every time the label would tell us they have to deliver the message like this. It would never work. It would never work. So we were never. like, oh, this is awesome. We, we, yeah. We'll just let the creative. Which be is why creative. we chuckled when you said like, okay, so you go uh, when you said, uh, okay, so you say I have a new artist now. You never say that. Like, you know, uh, some, but it, it, but you'd be surprised how many, you know, labels would tell us, okay, so you're going to have the fan say, hey guys, I just listened to you. Da, 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 da. And make sure you do the trend just like me. That's never going to happen. That's never going to work, right? Um, and so that's why, you know, through trial and error and honestly, by doing so many campaigns, we've determined that the simpler, the better. And sometimes when you make it so simple, uh, the kid is going to be like, these guys know. Right, they, and they're going to pick up. Yeah. Right. Okay. But let's say you do this. Uh -huh. Not going to work every time. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Man. Okay. Yeah. Let's say it didn't work. Then uh -huh. what are you going to do? Then the song's not it. The song, the product is not it. You start. So you're going to start, start the same process all over again. And we have to. And we and and sometimes what's happened. Um, I'll give him the alt example. Um, we spent thirty thousand dollars on a on an artist. Uh, one of his first campaigns. Um, he's trap metal. That's the genre. It's like metal, but like kind of hip hop. Um, and we poured it all in on some anime edits and, um, for whatever, re which is usually the genre that works really well for this type of music, for whatever reason, it didn't work. Um, and, uh, you know, we were in the process of picking a different song. Um, and we were like, well, maybe we'll try a different song. Um, you know, whatever, we'll just, whatever. Two weeks, I think like three weeks went by and, uh, all of a sudden these Japanese wrestlers, female wrestlers are blowing each other up like ice like blow with with like fireworks they put like they put barbed wire around a chair and fireworks and they're beating each other with fireworks and they put the song uh with with that video and it went viral uh so then what we did was you know what we did we didn't even know that there was a niche of japanese female wrestlers so what we did is we then lit that whole algorithm up um, and then we, and then now the song is, is, is okay. Is, you is use really well. the magic word algorithm mm -hmm. to what degree, let's stay with TikTok because that's run by an algorithm that no one seems to be able to hundred percent nail to what degree do you study the algorithm, try to figure it out and then try to game the system? Uh, it's not about gaining the system. It's just about identifying communities. That's all it is. Like to, to bring it back, the, the purpose of uh, at least the mission statement of Facebook is to create technology that brings us all closer together. Um, and so what that means is that, you know, you're not going to actually bring the whole world together. But if you can identify enough communities, 
you can bring those communities together. So the algorithm's always going to change. If anybody tells you like, oh, I know the secrets of the algorithm, they may know them for a week, but it changes every three months officially. So that means that it changes every, every month and a half. Um, and so no one actually knows the algorithm, but what we know is we know how to identify fan bases. We know how to identify subcultures and we know how to create them and we know how to ignite them in ways that, for example, like how the Wired article mentioned, in ways that maybe some of the majors are just not interested in doing. Okay. You say it changes. They say in three months, one and a half months would be more like it. What literally changes? What do you observe what changed in the algorithm? Uh, talk about the past. Uh, let's talk about the past. Sure. So, I mean, everybody knows the famous adpocalypse. Right. Okay. So if you are, you know, a prankster and that's your bread and butter and you have a Lamborghini and you bought a house, huge mortgage, um, you know, a lot of people gave it back because pranks are no longer suitable for monetization um, to the level that they were on YouTube guidelines because of like, you know, the harassments, the reports and all that stuff that was going on. Um, in the streets. And so, um, yes, that is true that the platform itself, the algorithm can literally sweep you under your feet sometimes. Sometimes it's just a matter of uh, words that that are no longer um, suitable for hashtags or trends. Uh, sometimes it's just the matter of hooks. So now the hook is more important than ever on TikTok, where back then um, it was just so awesome seeing something vertical um, go viral on TikTok. Now, even a viral video has to have um, a preview of the most enticing moment of the video, put it in the in the intro so that it can hook people in. So it's not only the algorithm. A lot of people get caught in the algorithm and they start blaming the algorithm or they think that they can gain the system. No, what you need to consistently understand because humanity is always changing is you need to consistently understand human behavior. And if you know what happened on YouTube and if you know what happened on all these other platforms and as these other platforms are adopting more of an official content creation mode and model, then that's where you need to that's where you need to head. And then there's also a counter movement of overproduced content to underproduced content. So there are people that are actually gaining more views um, for overproducing their content, like we mentioned, like being more legit, learning filmmaking tech tactics and techniques. And there are people that are gaining more views by looking raw, authentic, and uh, and uncut and, and unprofessional. Well, something that's right. I mean, I don't know how when you get this podcast out, but the reality is. If someone wants to go viral right now, the videos that are going viral right now in this current algorithm is videos that are within a loop. So with mm -hmm. the, at the end, it finishes the sentences the way you start the video. Correct. And as long as it's in a loop, it goes viral on IG and TikTok as of right now. Uh, what is it? November 30th, yep. 2023? Yeah, and and the, reason, <laughs> the reason for the loop is because the platforms realize that they get more watch time. Instead of, see, so some platform in the beginning with beta testing, um, and, uh, th see, that's why it's like, no one actually knows how to gain the algorithm. No one dominates the algorithm. It's just who's paying attention and who's paying attention to human behavior. Mm -hmm. If you paid attention, you remember this and you're like a nerd like us. Do you remember when TikTok would swipe up on its own after you watched the video? You remember that? Okay. Well, that's because someone somewhere was AB testing something and they thought, Hey, we will get more retention and more views if we instantly show them the next video right after. And you know what they realized? No. You actually get more retention by looping the video because sometimes, believe it or not, even though it's a 30 second video, the person didn't pay attention for 30 seconds. <laughs> so, so what Raf is saying, is it's, it's not, you're not gaining the algorithm. The algorithm does not say, hey, this person here um, used a loop technique, so I'm going to give them more views. No, no, no. All that's happening is human behavior. The world is so chaotic. And like I said, you know, your shit's just not good enough.
And if it were good enough, it would be getting the attention of something. Raph just gave you the sauce. If you're an artist that's trying to get signed right now, every single label knows you exist at 35,000 listeners. Period. The streams, not listeners. Streams, streams, period. So that's it. But if it's if it, maybe it's just not good enough to get signed. Maybe it's not good enough for someone to actually reach out. But anyway, to finish to finish the loop, <laughs> to finish the loop, it's it's not necessarily that, hey, I added a loop so the algorithm is going to favor me. No, no, no. It's just that if you constructed your argument and your video in a way where it it ends in a loop so that someone can watch it again and again and again, maybe five times for them to really get the point across, then you've done a very successful, um, you know, transmutation of, of human behavior right there. Okay. So to what degree do you leverage certain signed acts to gain traction for other signed acts? We have an example. <laughs> we, we signed, uh, obviously Lumi Athena in December, January. And then we found that he had a friend that made music at 217 listeners. Uh, that act now became the feature on a bunch of other songs that Lumi has. And he was able to gain his own platform. And now he's a top 40 electronic dance artist of the year. Uh, and he has close to 5 million monthly listeners. But he has to be good. I understand. Yeah, no, his voice, his voice is incredible. <laughs> and also, yeah, so that's so, the yeah, elephant in the room. I want to make sure yeah. people know that. We've done it for other people and it hasn't got the same success level. Yeah. You still have to be good. You can only get, get someone else's algorithm, but if you're not good, it will wash away. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, also, I do want to say one thing. Uh, so when we interviewed Cade, when we <laughs> interviewed him to see if we would sign him, uh, out of all the years that we've been doing this, is the first kid that's ever told me, yeah, uh, Prince is my favorite artist. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. 
Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Okay. Would I assume I sign with you is leveraging me with other talent you have signed derogur can i expect you're going to do that like a feature on a rap song in the old days or are you basically saying well you got to hit a certain amount of status got to work for you no it has to be the it has to be the community and the genre um especially with these gen z they're brutal man like i know i keep saying it, like i'm so afraid of them but i am like they're brutal dude like if you tried to introduce like a kid that's just not in the community like that kid would get slaughtered and cooked so and what we do to facilitate fa we facilitate it but we don't execute it so we'll, the way we do it is we plan recording trips for artists around the same time so hey we just had a meal together 
Oh, you guys like each other? Play a video game together. Oh, randomly a song now you guys are making together. Well, let's get you back in the studio together and then finish it up. Okay. <laughs> let's pull back the lens halfway. <laughs> People who are not of your vintage, they will say, oh, the TikTok hits, it's just a fragment of a song. There's no real artist there. They're right. <laughs> you're, you're they're fun. right they're, they're right i mean the, it's it's only been three years um and they haven't proven themselves remember vine vine who came out of vine luke combs is that a fragment of an artist i don't think so sean mendes is he a fragment of an artist i don't think so all those uh bieber doing covers on wait, wait 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 that's that's the upside. There's always going to be some talented Correct. people playing. Correct. Let me let me pull it back a little bit. The record companies, the major labels, the established players, the old tricks don't work. As you say, as soon as someone hits 35,000 streams, they're in. Mm -hmm. But you can have 35,000 streams and you have traffic, but there's not much there. Mm -hmm. So to what degree are they signing things that have no future or are they good at what they do and they only sign the stuff that does have a future? Well, like, like Graf said, I mean, we're not saying, you know, we're not saying that Cade didn't have a future, but you know, Cade didn't have the platform. Um, but we believed in his voice and we also saw that he was daring enough to sing on a genre that had no singers. Okay. Wait, 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 so, wait, 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 Raph, go for it. Well, Bob is saying to that. Are label signing stuff because it's just making money? Yes. <laughs> but the question is, if there's something that's trafficked mm -hmm. uh -huh. and you can get more traffic, maybe you can even cross over mm -hmm. to Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But there might end up being only one song. That's fine because the deal sizes are mm -hmm. so small nowadays and they're already proven. See, there's, there's, being music right now, it's the best time to be in music. I, a lot of people are complaining about the payouts from platforms and all that. This is the best time to be in music. A, a kid is doing 100,000 streams a day. You already know how long, how much money that kid is going to make. And you have about a 16-month window of that song hitting its peak. And then it's going de to decline. So you can do the calculations of what that song or what that artist is worth on paper. There's no more guessing in the music business. The guessing part is, is that kid a superstar or not? Which goes back to the conversation we were having earlier. Correct. You have to sit in there in the room with them. You have to find out their why. And a lot of people are not finding the artists why. And they're not interested in doing that. Correct. And not just at the major level, at the independent level too. Yeah, There's everywhere. people signing artists and they're not finding that why. Okay, but is your experience, you're in the trenches every day. Mm -hmm. Are they doing the math? Correct. And saying one hit, 16 months, blah, blah, blah. Or are they truly believing hey, this guy's got this. I'm going to blow it up something it, it more. It would be silly to say you're not doing the math when there's so much data. Yeah, there's so much data. No, no the different yeah. point. No, I, I, okay, if I understand your point correctly, my answer is, man, I hope they're developing people. Uh, well, well, like, well, well you know? okay, let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. So we're, we have the old school players, okay. pre-internet players, pre-social media mm -hmm. players. Mm -hmm. What have we established? You said, despite all the new players, YouTube is still the most powerful platform. You talked about legacy media. You say, well, you want to cross over. It gives you attention and it pays dividends. We talked about traditional networks, whatever. 
They got a lot of power. They just have to go to live streaming. So at the end of the day, do the traditional, forgetting the platforms themselves, the mm -hmm. TikToks, YouTubes, whatever, well, maybe not YouTube, do the traditional players, the first movers, et cetera, do they always win in the end? Or is there going to be someone who independently says, I know more about it than those people. I can make it work for my talent. I'm going to establish my own monolithic business. Well, it's been happening in Latin music for the last 15 years. Uh, give me more. So in Latin music, there's uh, obviously everybody's familiar with Bad Bunny. Bad Bu The Bad Bunny deal only happened two or three years ago. That was a project that has been developing for about seven, eight years. Uh, it's happening in traditional Mexican music. Those artists now are getting acquired by the major labels, but they're already doing 80 billion streams before the major label comes in. Comes in. So Latin music has been happening. It's been happening in a lot of other genres outside of the U.S. No, I'm asking the reverse question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've established something. The traditional player comes in. I'm going to lay a lot of cash and power. Mm -hmm. I say yes. Mm -hmm. Are there people who are saying the traditional outlets are clueless? I'm building it myself. And my goal is not to sell out or to make a deal with the traditional well, players. There's, there's companies like ours that exist and there's other companies that are constantly being created. Funding is a big issue. Yeah. Um, and so they are now third party people. Uh, do you, do you want to take money from uh, a, a music company or do you want to take money from a, a venture capitalist? That's, that's the conversation that's being had right now. Okay. Just to be clear, because exhibition is free. These sites are all free. Mm -hmm. Why do you need so much money? So you, you catch a record on TikTok. Let's go back to the basics, right? You catch a record on TikTok. That streaming check, you're not seeing it for four months. Right. On the mass recording. On the publishing, even longer. <laughs> right. Even yeah. longer. So how are you operate? So you're, at a, you're an artist that's a million, two million, three million monthly listeners. That you're constantly supposed to be feeding your business, but there's no, you have no money. Okay. But my question becomes, everything is so DIY. Everybody's got yeah. a laptop. We're shooting video. Where is the requirement for any significant money? Mm -hmm. Especially because no one gives you money for free. Mm -hmm. If they're giving you the money, they want something in return. Well, that's why we sign artists and that's why we partner up yeah. with, with them in the business. Because the reality is once you catch that one record pop, you're supposed to have a music video done, right? Let's right. say the music video is even $1,000. You shoot that music video. Let's say the moment you start getting streaming, a lot of artists are not clearing their records. Correct. The elephant in the room. Right. They're, they're dropping all these records and then the producer comes back, it's $5,000. So you have because to go back. Because now you have the millions. Right. Now, now your first check is not going to be $5,000. Right. So right. Cade went from 217 listeners to... Five million now, but when he was at two million monthly listeners, one of our A came back to us and said, "Hey, this B is ten thousand dollars." We hadn't seen a check because he just went viral, and then we went back to him and said, "Can we go back to like a reasonable number?" Because he just went viral. There's really no money here yet. He said he has two million monthly listeners. Okay, <laughs> but I go back to my point. So why do we need the money? It's because, uh, like. We here sign the artist. So if we sign the artist, that means that we have to invest in the brand and we have to invest in their career. And that costs money at the end of the day. You can't, you can't escape that. But I'm looking at it from just, I'm just an artist that went viral. Yeah. 
And then you also need a follow-up record. That's what's happening too. No exactly. one's in investing. Invest- okay, but let's say all in, I'm in 10K, okay? Mm-hmm. If I take the 10K from somebody, they're going to want a lot more than 10K back. Mm-hmm. That's why distribution companies are on the, on the rise. That's why a lot of, uh, the, the stigma used to be that, uh, not stigma, I mean, the reality is artists didn't get fair deals, right? Now artists are getting extremely fair deals to the point where the other side does not care enough. And they don't do anything. They don't the do anything. Is Hence why there's no superstars, <laughs> because your partner is used to eating at a certain rate. They're not eating at that level anymore. They're not that invested in you as an artist. Okay, but let's, okay. Your company, mm-hmm. 25-7 Media, mm-hmm. is it self-funded or are you taking money from somewhere else? We're, we're self-funded we're self-funded as of right now. Okay. So, if you're self-funded and you sign talent, mm-hmm. are they going to third parties for money? They're not. No. But it gets... To, uh, they're not going to third parties, but there's always a major thing. Okay, but hey, hold that for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this particular example, you're considering yourselves to be the money. Mm-hmm. We're the label. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not a traditional situation with the three majors in their tentacles. Right. Let's stop there. And you said in the Wired article that you contemplated doing a deal with Mike Karen, I've certainly known for decades, has a long history in the music business, but ultimately you did not. Why did you not make a deal with Mike Karen in the end? Well, Mike, um, Mike is a titan in music. Uh, let's just let's just start there. Yeah. And uh, when we met with him, I was super impressed how he knew so much about. AI and just the future of music in general. I'm like, at this level and at what you've accomplished, like, that tuned you in, shouldn't was, be it, that yeah. in tune. He was really um, tuned in. So the reason why we didn't do a deal with Mike and a bunch of other people um, is you've ever been in those email chains and there's like 30 people in the email <laughs> chain and you don't know who's actually supposed to do it? We wanted to avoid that while we were growing the company because we had that issue as artist managers because we had artists signed to Virgin. We had artists signed to Warner Records. We had artists signed to Geffen. We had artists signed to a bunch of other companies. On top of that, we're doing the marketing for these majors. For so the last we noticed years. the bigger the email chain, the, the slower the process was. So we're like, we're on the rise right now. And we like Mike, but I'm like, we're not working with Mike every day. We're working with everybody else in that building. We're not working with, Todd at Alamo every day. We're working with everybody else in that building. And, you know, it's kind of hard to recreate those type of guys. So we were like, while we're on the upward trajectory, we want to do it on our own. And and another honest answer that we that we gave people was just the truth. I mean, like, you know, sometimes at the time, music was really only one third of our revenue. And we have so many other aspects of the business that we wanted to keep developing. And so we basically looked at it like, well, are we going to partner up with someone so that they can tell us what staff to bring in and how to do it? Or maybe we could take a swing at it for a couple of years and kind of, you know, build it out ourselves in, in the way that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that that's what we want to try, you know, for a while. Okay. But this has been going on since Napster. People have said there's going to be disruption. 
a professor at Harvard who wrote a whole long article in the New Yorker magazine saying ultimately there isn't disruption. There isn't. What strikes me here is for all of this new technology, new platforms, you're always coming back to the traditional players. Mm -hmm. But hang in there for a second. Okay. Is your goal to sell at a certain number or is your goal to never sell? We well, talk about that every day. <laughs> when I'm when I'm done having fun with my two best friends, uh, that, that's a different issue. No, no, I'm, uh, no, that's the biggest <laughs> no, but issue. The, no, but that's the that, real. That, that's, that's the real. Answer. That's the real. I mean, <laughs> the, with the numbers that we've got offered for our company overall, uh, yeah, we, not we, just the music side. Yeah, but, we, yeah. we 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 would we would have been fine even before music. <laughs> even before music, uh, I, I genuinely enjoy working with my two best friends. This is, you know, you're not at that point, okay. Usually when people sell out, either they're done or the money is just, everything's for sale. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I come in here and say, I'm going to sell you, get, uh, here, let me open my wallet, 20 bucks mm -hmm. for your company. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> 20,000, no. Mm -hmm. 20 million? Well, all of a sudden you're saying, well, let me, let me think. Mm -hmm. 200 million? We're in, sold. Mm -hmm. Everything's got a price. Mm -hmm. But there are companies, the music business started really didn't become consolidated to the late 60s, early 70s. Prior to that, it was all independent labels, which ultimately most of them went by the wayside, but a number of them survived. They ultimately sold at a huge numbers of hundreds, well, for hundreds of millions of dollars, A&M records, Island records. But for decades, they had operated independently. And when they sold, the founders were not young. So the question is, are you building a business to compete with traditional players with a new paradigm? And are there people like you doing that? Or in reality, are the traditional players always going to win in the end? Uh, they're going to win in the end. I mean, look at really? what, they're going to win in the end. We're, 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 yeah, because there's we're, also there's also people like us that the moment they even know that they could sell, they sell. Yeah, correct. So that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, you, yeah, like, there needs to yeah. be a unity yeah. in the independent space, right? Yeah. But what happens is the the big companies are getting very smart. Like Ingroove's merging with uh, Virgin Music. It's mm -hmm. still a UMG company. Is that is that considered independent? No. <laughs> that that's the you know. No, no. But I ask you, as I say, even in the tech space, mm -hmm. forget music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The guys who started WhatsApp, mm -hmm. the guys started Instagram. Yeah. We never they ultimately got squeezed out. They took the check and the big guy said, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Wasn't that way. They were out. Well, just to give you, we've done, a, uh, this is our first year as operating as a label. We've done management and other stuff. We've done a couple billion streams, right? Right now, we're just a little fly in the room. We're the little mosquito. Well, let, let me, no, no let, one cares. Okay, wait, wait, well, let, maybe pull, let me pull it differently mm -hmm. from my perspective. A. We're in an era where streaming television is the most vital art form. Mm -hmm. To make that kind of streaming television is expensive. Mm -hmm. You can shoot on your iPhone, but really you can't compete. Mm -hmm. On the other extreme is music. You and me, we can cut a record right now and have it up on Spotify almost instantly. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean anybody will listen, but the barrier to entry is very low. Okay. So ultimately in music, and this hasn't happened now significantly in 20 years, a new sound, a new genre comes along and replaces what came for before. Okay, we had hair band music, we had the Seattle grunge, then we had hip-hop, then we had different types of hip-hop. 
Okay. For the last 17 years ago, we can, if you're a real fan, you can say this, but it's not like there was a new Beatles. I mean, look at Beyonce, Taylor Swift. They've been in the business a long time that, by that, today's that standards. Was, that was Latin music. Yeah. And they're yeah, all selling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's Latin music. Okay. But it is very disheartening to hear from people like you that are on the cutting edge of this that ultimately, because let's say I'm talent. Okay. <laughs> it bothers me that the talent sells out. For two reasons. You know, okay, I hear every day from people who say, you know, streaming payouts are bad. Mm-hmm. Let forget the people <laughs> who are just delusional, who are never listened right, to. Right. But there are people who make deals with major labels. Talking to the experts, maybe at a blue moon you can get fifty five percent of the net. Most people are way below that thirty percent of the net. And then all of a sudden you have a hundred, four hundred million streams, that adds up. Now, Lil Nas X. The advance was so heavy. He says, you know, I don't give a fuck about what's happening. So at the end of the day, in this fear, is everybody going to sell out? Look at the Titans, okay? Steve Jobs, he gets squeezed out of the company. He comes back. After that, all the founders wrote contracts the way the stocks are. You can't squeeze me out. Mark Zuckerberg, you can't squeeze out. The guy at Snapchat, you can't squeeze out. But you're telling me when it comes to the creative end of it, everybody's just going to sell out. Okay, so we're we're on yeah. we're on your team. Yeah, we're, yeah, right right now, we're, like, yeah. we're championing even the land companies. We're like, you shouldn't do that. We're 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 trying to partner up with other entrepreneurs similar to us, Correct. and we're like, let me help you catch a second, third record with your artists. We're on your team on that end of it. However. Uh, there's not a lot of people fighting that fight, yeah. so it does get lonely. Yeah, the other, the other <laughs> a lot of people too, are going for that check. Yeah, another like like I said, I'll I'll return to look. There are going to be more twenty five seven medias, and there probably are, and there were. But what I smelled is that the moment they could, they they even know that they could sell, they sell too early. Um, and then the other thing too that he said, we're honest about this. Like right now, we're in the very tip of the iceberg of like what we're going to build and we would love to build something like island something like def jam like we i mean we're gonna we, we wear def jam jackets like on the low like when we're not in public <laughs> when we're just alone and we just we're, like, we're fans of no, like, like that gritty story yeah, however yeah, we want to build a story there, there's there's other people that are not uh like that are our peers uh i'm constantly talking to my my peers in the, these big buildings i'm like you found the artist the deal was twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars in pocket, because uh, they're signing. Our majors are signing artists very, very early now because they know there's other companies similar to us mm-hmm. willing to, you know, develop. So I'm like, you could do that same deal on your own, but no one's actually doing it. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's afraid of making their own move. Um, but, and it's, it's yeah. scary because because you 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 want to empower people to you know um, take the next leap in music and just. Uh, be music entrepreneurs but then when you see all these big mergers happen with virgin and ingrooves and all these uh big distribution companies just buy up everything you're like who is the uh, last true distribution partner out there that's not owned by a major label okay two things distribution is king the talent is not king because if it can't be bought heard whatever doesn't matter how good it is but Unlike any time previous, let's just stay with the music business. Distribution has been institutionalized and available to all. Okay. So, therefore, there is more emphasis on the talent 
than there has been. Now, getting noticed, there's a lot of steps along the way, but you can't say at the end of the day, well, I can't play. You might say I can't get on terrestrial radio, but it's this audience, you know, no, listening to terrestrial radio you, anyway. Yeah. You no, no, you can play, you can and play. you can make a lot of money, and, <laughs> and, make it, co- a, and, and it also costs a lot and, of money and, to play, and you can make a big impact. You could do all that, but until we see an artist truly, fully do it independently, uh, Ghazi and Empire are an independent company that you know champion artists, but. A lot of artists just haven't taken that uh, that leap. Everyone just at the end of the day s- sells out for that check. Everybody thought Bad Bunny and that company was never going to do a deal with a Sony or a UMG. They did it. So it's when you're telling me like, are you guys going to be the one to be the difference? Hopefully, hopefully we can be an alternative. Yeah. And we and we talk about this every single week. Like, but we, the reality is, when you see other you know colleagues and counterparts. Uh, not doing it, it gets a little lonely, Bob. <laughs> okay, but also, historically, the traditional purveyors don't want something new. If you look at the history of talent, entertainment, yeah, to begin with, from beginning to end, it's always the independents that push the envelope. Correct. Okay? Yeah, but that, I think that's changing. And uh, So here's, here's a take. I mean, you talked about the barrier of entry, right? Right. I mean, SoundCloud, I mean, there's right. no barrier of entry. You don't even need a distributor for SoundCloud right. or for YouTube. You can just upload an right. asset. Um, now, uh, you know, this is a whole other podcast for another day, but AI is going to change that level of en- entry as well. Like we're talking skill wise, right? So if you're an artist um, that doesn't know how to work with producers, but you can tell an AI to make you a beat that sounds like this, like now the barrier of entry is even less. Right. Um, and so what that means is that like a lot of people are scared about that. A lot of people think we should regulate it. Da da da. All that tells me is that, I mean, I already saw um, everybody buy a DSLR and think that they're a YouTuber and they didn't make it. All that tells me is that there's going to be another flood of just <laughs> garbage out there, and the majors are going to depend on independent uh, nucleuses, whether they're management companies or go. independent labels, mm-hmm. to identify the quality and those uh, subgenres because. It's too hard to mobilize that machine. When you mobilize that machine um, to, uh, for visual representation, I'm holding a little bottle cap. You, if you mobilize the whole building to really dive into that, it's really hard. But if that's, but if you uh, invest in an independent, you know, label, it's it's much more easier for you to mobilize and and, and capitalize on that moment. Here's the thing. When I said we're not exaggerating, we're pretty much experts in like hundreds and hundreds of different algorithms and types of fans and types of content that exist and how it can be repurposed and how we can re, uh, you know, use it for different genres and what applies. Like that's also uh, what gives birth to different subgenres of music and also different ways that people play video games and how that ties into the lifestyle. And so that was a long winded way of saying that because m- music and the technology and everything is moving so fast, you're going to encounter these subgenres in a very, very fast way. And the machine is simply not equipped to identify or even play in, in, in such a, such a high frequency. And so you are going to be seeing uh, distribution companies as well as labels partner up more with independent um, labels. Um, so I think that now there's a space for independence to, to not get crushed or swallowed, but to be able to kind of coexist with the machine. Okay. Let's just go back a little cleanup work. You have a musical artist. Yep. They have traction. Yep. 
How do you cross it over to a traditional streaming outlet, not YouTube, which is visual, mm -hmm. Spotify, Apple, et cetera? How do you draw consumption there? Or is there so much low-hanging fruit money elsewhere that you don't care? Uh, well, you got to start off globally first. For a company like ours, we have to focus globally because U.S. US marketing is expensive. Um, the, the three majors and the subsidiaries are controlling the biggest influencers. So we have to start off globally. So the way we identify uh, a sub-niche, we have to also identify sub-creators or micro-creators to you know, get the ball rolling. If then it starts working internationally, then we bring it to the U.S. Uh, and then this way we're able to um, not not put not go all in on just one record we could do multiple records because the cost is a lot less in the global markets which is also why it's such a uh cool and uh useful tactic to do a b test so let me stop there the reason why i kind of gave a uh almost a pessimistic outlook on like the machine is always going to win because what's happening globally now is those companies that were vendors or like third party for everybody they're getting acquired by the big companies as well. Or the small indie label in, uh, you know, Sweden, Germany, whatever, they're getting acquired as well. So it's, it's uh, and then the, the even the, the big majors are focusing more of their money and add dollars over there as well. So we always just have to be first, 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 because if we're at the same level, they're always going to beat us with money. Okay, just go back to the very specific question. You have some success how do you drive play on streaming outlets, not YouTube? Uh, just an influencer, an influencer push. Yeah, it's a it's an influencer push, or also have the creator. Like, here's the thing: like, either either you do sweat equity, or you pay for it, or if you really care about your music, you do both. Um, we're fortunate that uh, we work with talent that we're very honest with them, and we tell them that they also have to push their own music. And they're, they lend themselves to being coached on how to do that. Um, obviously, we have some tactics like he shared where, like, you know, we'll create a page where we document their life so they don't feel like they are producing the TikToks. But the, the truth is, is that um, nobody fucking cares, man. <laughs> like, nobody cares about, about your music, about your product. Nobody cares about your video. No one cares about what you're selling. People go on TikTok and social media out of habit now. But no one, no one, no one picks up their phone and says, "I'm going to see what great song I find on TikTok today." Yeah, because uh, we we were driving in, uh, we were in the Uber, and Ursus points to one of those Hollywood buses, and he goes, "Man, you know what's so funny, Rav?" I was like, "What is it?" Dude? He goes, "No one cares about fame anymore because their cousin can get 15 million views on TikTok. That's why that bus is empty." <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just stay on that for a second. No, but to, but to finish that, it's it's the truth, man. No, like. These platforms, uh, you know, the monolith is so beautiful, beautifully designed and it fits in your hand and it's a habit for you to look down for hours that no one picks up their phone and says, yo, I'm going to find my favorite song today. Like no one has a goal saying like, OK, I'm going to go on TikTok right now and I'm going to find my favorite song where I'm going to go to the show where I'm going to meet the girl of my life of my, of my life and get married after after I meet her at the show. Like no one has that in mind. But they are looking to shop. They are looking at video game clips. They are looking at wrestling clips. They are looking at other stuff. They're looking at interest because it, it's the feedback. It's the feedback machine. You put out you put out what you like. 
the machine gives you back. So you music are. is an accessory. Correct. Accessory. Accessory. Yeah. To to the content. Correct. And then if your music is good enough, it becomes primary to that person. Exactly. Looking and, for and, and as mentioned in the magazine, uh, we're true believers of like the nine touch points, which is like someone needs to see something nine times in order to buy it. Um, and then obviously the ten percent rule, which was also covered in the Wired article. So it's just a matter of volume, but it's also a matter of how you can connect. So if you're one of the lucky ones and you're working with an artist that can get coached on how to create content themselves, it's the easiest way to connect because people actually like the person, right? So um, you've probably heard this before, but uh, it's like uh, it's it's an argument that uh, music people use all the time. Like, you know, why does why does someone listen to Beyonce? They listen to Beyonce because they feel like a badass, right? So there's different lifestyles and feelings that an artist can uh, can can like communicate with the way that they make content, the way that they make their music videos, the way that they are. And so does that music fit the lifestyle? Because you are the lifestyle. You are the product because these platforms are free. And so the feedback loop and the agreement that you have with the platform and with the monolith is that when you use this device, you're constantly looping your feedback and, and, and vice versa. And that and as it refines, it knows how to sell you things. It knows what to put in front of you so that you could stay on the platform as long as possible. That's how everybody makes money. That's how we make money. That's how the platform makes money. Okay, just to be very simple, you're representing an artist, musical artist, other than streaming revenue on YouTube, Spotify at all. Where's the money and how much money is there? Ooh, the merch business is merch incredible. business is crazy. It's incredible. It's crazy. Okay, but just yeah. in terms of X number of views, deals with the platforms, is that a business or is that very rare and not much money? Uh, we've only had deal with the uh, yeah we, we've had we've had three deals with plat with Twitch. Um, oh, you're talking about yeah. artists? Yes. Like, okay, yeah, okay, okay. yeah th there is money with with platform exclusives, um, but see, uh, sometimes, it, man, I'm, I don't want to misspeak. I mean, some it, it's I, right now doing an exclusive deal with a platform is only for the big dogs. In my recommendation, you know, because we've done it where uh we have a deal with uh with twitch and it, they were great and they're awesome partners but um you know the exclusivity is just something that uh you know then you can't live stream on anywhere else right um so i think that if you're an, if a rising artist um, or a rising creator uh you shouldn't make it your goal to uh make an exclusive deal with a platform i think that you should be willing to experiment all types of different social media and for example you know there's some people that made a deal with Meta, with Facebook, um, and now they can't benefit from the incredible, incredible discovery from TikTok Live, like like Raf said. I mean, let's uh, let me bring it back to music because now I understand the question a little bit more. TikTok has its own distribution. Thing, that's that's true. Too. And we've been approached a couple times. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Why would you do a TikTok is the hot platform right now? But why would you do a deal with the platform itself? It's like all those people that did uh, deals with Apple Music. Okay. What, what, what was the benefit of that? Mm. Okay. okay. Let's say I send both of you to Tahiti for four months without your phone. No computer, no phone. You come back. How much have you missed and how much are you behind? See, that's the beautiful thing about, like, I know the way that when content is consumed and even the way that the the magazine, the underdog story of the magazine and how it was portrayed, like, no one, I promise you, no one actually knows how to game the algorithm. No one knows how to manipulate the algorithm. Like, uh, like what we do 
is we just pay attention to human behavior. And as long as you go back to the core of human behavior, you will always find your footing wherever you are. Right. Because the, the the playing field changes all the time. But as long as you can study, all, I, all we really need is a week. If we study something for a week, we know exactly where we are. And the reason I know that's true is because Rav said it. Um, I think this is the first time we've even mentioned it in public. Uh, yes, we work different territories. Like you still have to work the road, my boy, but you have to work the road in different ways. There's different talent in different places in different countries. Uh, different talent does different trends. You have to work different territories. And guess what? Everything that you think is cool here in the United States, like how I say it, how I said in the beginning, yo, my cousins love Facebook. Mexico loves Facebook. If you think Facebook is dead, you're wrong. You're so wrong. And especially if if you if you think Snapchat is dead and you're not using Snapchat, that's where Gen Z is. Um, if you're ignoring X just because you may not like the founder or, uh, you know, you heard something uh, that the founder said that you don't like about him, um, you're missing you're missing learning the experience of every platform in different regions. And the beauty of working with international talent and working with international creators is that we've proven time and time again that the reason why we can ride the wave of the algorithm is because we can be in different footing and we just need to analyze it. It takes us no more than a week and we know exactly what to do. And I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add out, that was really good by the way, but I'll add on to that. I used to be uh, a song promoter, like I said earlier, for labels and everything was SEO based. So I would make the Bob playlist and everybody that would. Just for those who might not be up to speed, search engine optimization. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so I would put Bob's playlist and every time someone would look it up, I would put all those songs in there that you would recommend. And then I would sneak in a label song in there as well. When that went away, it was like the worst thing that happened in my life because I was like 22 and I was like, I have no other hack. This is my only hack. But then I realized, how did I build that playlist? I built that playlist through creating these other pages that had uh, authority in different spaces that would recommend music from that playlist. So it goes back to the basics. If TikTok goes away, there's going to be another platform that I just need to transfer my uh, storytelling ability to in, in a similar manner. Will how you edit a video change? Yes, it's changed from Vine to TikTok, but it's still the same storytelling premise. It's still the same people winning. It's still the same concepts there's just the editing or the way it's filmed. It's a little bit different. So 25-7 media, what's the annual gross now? <laughs> well, it's one more roll to daddy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't want to put that out there, but uh, over eight figures for sure. Yeah. Okay. When you zero it out, you have 27 employees and you got to share the money with the yeah. creators. Are you in the black or in the red? We're, we're doing well. Yeah, we're doing well. I, I'll actually talk about that a little bit. So this is something I, I just talked to my brother about, my little brother. So, um, you know, the the stereotype of the agency record label or whatever social media guru person is like, here's my Lamborghini and here's like, the you know, like, I, I'm really glad I had these guys uh, and we all check each other. Like, we don't flex any of that stuff. Like, I've never posted my car anywhere. Um, wait, wait what, a second. What kind of car do you drive? Uh, not going to say, <laughs> but it's awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll take you to the, to the range and then you'll see. But um, the, the thing is, like, I like actually making a difference in someone's life and employing them. I think that's our flex. One thing that we've always flexed since we had one employee to now having 27 is we always say how many employees we have, because I think that's the only thing we flex. And we're really proud of that. Um, and I'd rather flex our employees 
I'd rather flex our talent and 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 show how happy they are than to like flex a car and be like the social media guru guy. Okay. You mentioned a number of times you're Mexican, you're an immigrant. Is there something about that? You reference this, but a little bit longer that makes you successful, has more drive. And how do you feel about the immigration situation in America today? And how would you solve everyone's anger about what's going on? Oh, man. Well, well, I'll, 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 well, let's start it off. TDR. Let's, take it, let's take it back. So, um, what I'm proud of, I'm an immigrant as well. I retired my parents. He retired his parents. And you're an immigrant from? Uh, born and raised in Greece, but I'm from Albania. Okay. So we both retired our parents when 25-7 started doing really well. So that's probably our flex. That's our, yeah. our, our Lamborghini, right? Um, and that's actually the reason why we're winning. Because we, the way we invested in our families, we invest in people that work for us exactly. and just our talent. As far as the immigration issue, there's so many different levels of immigration that we need to talk about. Are we talking about high-skilled immigration? Are we talking about what's happening? Because immigration in the East Coast, where I'm from, and immigration in the West Coast, yeah, are we had a com- we had a complete, completely different complete like, culture we, shock when we were when it, we were just beginning. When we met, friends. and he was talking about immigration, like low skilled uh, uh, low skilled workers, I was like, oh, I see the opposite. Like these kids get educated in America, they they get offered this uh, huge uh, compensation, and then they can't work here. I'm like, that's completely different than the experience that you're talking about in California. So. I wish I could find a big like answer to that. I think it needs to be in phases. I think in, if, if people are getting uh, educated here, they need to get addressed. If you want them to pay a fine, but you can't educate people and then let them go somewhere else. Okay, you know, the fact, you know, the, the high-tech wor- worker and the fact their limits, that's just nuts. But... You were going to say something, Ursus? Yeah, I, I think when, when Raf and I started becoming friends, we had a huge culture shock. Um, I, I didn't know in the East Coast, people aren't just open about their immigration status. I think that's a very L.A. Mexican thing. Like we're just we wear our heart on our sleeves and um, we connect right away when we let people know like, hey, man, like, I'm, you know, like I, I speak fluently, like let's talk in our language. And, and you know, he educated me in a lot of like the, the, the uh, Eastern European traditions. Like, hey, man, you keep that shit to yourself. You know, you know, like all that stuff. And and then I told him about like, you know, how open it was here. And, you know, I told him about sanctuary cities and he was just blown away. He was like, what is that? You know, and and so, yeah, the the to answer the question about what makes us different. I mean, uh, look, dude, like uh, Raf and I just have amazing parents and we were really, really lucky. And um if you want to leave the immigrant thing to the side before I bring it back, just with that alone, it's uh, it's such an advantage. And um, in the art, in the articles mentioned that sometimes we do take a you know a mentorship role. We do take like a like a like a fatherly role, and and that's true, man. Like we're big brothers. Um, you know, sometimes when we have to address an emergency, we could we 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 are the fathers. Like we broke in talent out of hotel rooms, peeled them off of balconies, helped them in very serious situations. Um, you know, with their family. Um, and sometimes we do have to wear that, but we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have, you know, the foundation that we have now on top of that, you know, imagine having super superhero parents. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they have this, uh, this challenge, which is 
being an immigrant in a completely different country, right? Um, so pair that with incredible expectations for your kid because they made him go to medical school and my parents didn't talk to me for years because I didn't join the military, right? So well, what happened with medical school? Uh, well, he added sauce on that. Uh, <laughs> I, went, I was a biotechnology major. Um, Where? With the University of Connecticut with the premise of going to medical school. And that's when I came out to LA, I was doing the song promotion stuff met him and then didn't take the next <laughs> did you finish college yeah okay i think at this point we're going to close it i want to thank you guys for being so forthcoming and there's a lot to chew on here even for those of us who thought we knew what was going on well i do want to say thank you to uh to brendan from from wired for first of all for connecting us right. and then um also obviously we're humbled you know by his story i didn't have to go to therapy for a whole year because he just uh he just interviewed me for like once once in once a week for an hour, um and uh and yeah um one of the things that um the story didn't mention that I think you know we're on this uh, press tour for is we want to harp on the fact that you know uh, although yeah we are the underdogs we spent you know three years doing marketing for all the majors and so uh, Raf and I are also including that in the message um, when we start talking um so that you know uh. Our our talent also knows uh, kind of like a little bit more of the background. And we, we honestly, like, because it's our life, we don't know uh, what our talent doesn't know. And then until the article came out, we're like, hey, we should probably be more vocal about, you know, all the things that all the things that we've done. But Yeah. Yeah. I just want to yeah, I just want to th say thank you to you, Bob, for allowing us to for the, your platform to be heard. But uh, I really, really want to go back to the the premise that we were talking about earlier when you're talking about are still independent companies trying. We definitely are. Yeah. And we're looking for more people to try it with us. Um, and if we, if this interview be, inspires another kid that's spending all his time on the internet to create a company like ours and retire their parents, that's all you need really. And let us know, like literally let us know right now. Hey, I want to retire my parents. I, I manage artists. What do I do? Um, I want to start a label. How do I do it? Like, reach out to Raf and I, because um, that's that's part of the message. And that's why we're doing it. Bada bing. Till next time, this is Bob Lefsetz. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.